Hello and welcome back to the Project Happy Place podcast. We've had a little break for the summer, but we're so excited to be back um, recording another episode. So my next guest, I think we met back in 2008. And from the moment we met, he's really struck me as a really special person that has a gift and loves what he does. So the entire purpose of Project Happy Place podcast is really to find and design a life for yourself where you're living in your happy place in both your personal and professional life. So my next guest, Mikey, is a presentation specialist. He spends his days exploring the intersection of business design and storytelling. After receiving an MFA in advertising design from the Savannah College of Art and Design, Mikey stumbled into the tech space where he soon found a love for one of the most ubiquitous yet overlooked communication mediums in our modern history, corporate PowerPoint slides. And I feel like that's the time where we need to put in some heavy movie music. Um, dun, dun, dun. So <laughs> without further ado, I want to welcome my guest, Mikey. He is the founder of Ghost Ranch Communications, and he's on a mission to bring new levels of creativity and care into the world of business to business presentations. Welcome, Mikey. Jane, thank you so much. <clears throat> I didn't realize we were kicking off the new season, so that's a little bit of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Ghost Ranch, you founded it in 2015, and it's been mentioned that you had this entrepreneur bug, and that's why you began the company. And I absolutely love that. The entrepreneurial story is so inspiring to me. So what ultimately made you take the plunge to start your own business? That is a good question. Okay, I had to uh, sort of like think back to when this all sort of went down and you know as you mentioned i i stumbled into tech because i thought i was going to go into advertising um because i wanted to go make you know like super bowl commercials and and you know big fancy integrated campaigns at some some awesome like madison avenue agency or like crispin porter bogusky wyden and kennedy i really looked up uh to the creativity coming out of those places but um Instead, I, I found my way to Indianapolis, Indiana, because you know I met my wife, I, my to-be wife Megan, and I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta pursue her. And um, you know, I knew quite a few people in the Indianapolis tech space, and one of them introduced me to someone else who offered me an internship doing marketing design at a, a software as a service company um, called Compendium Blogware back in around 2008, and I learned so much more about b2b you know stuff i i didn't learn or know about you know just the the jargon right jane's like white papers ebooks you know case <laughs> studies things that you know an advertising student doesn't learn when you're just thinking about consumer branding and um ultimately i did get a little taste of of advertising world um finally got in at a digital agency and was doing really cool banner ad work that kind of stuff but um Having worked two years at this really scrappy startup, uh, software, you know, tech space in Indianapolis, and then having gone to a bigger agency, I noticed I, I felt a little more removed and detached from the work that I was doing, like the end result, right? Mm. Even the clients, you know, as like this production artist at the agency, there's like 10 people in between me and the, and the end client. And then, you know, how many other, you know, layers between what we just created a banner ad and then the actual result, which maybe is like a 
0.025% click-through rate if we're lucky, you know? And so <laughs> I, I really, I, I loved the agency. I loved everyone I worked with, but um, I was also doing some freelancing work on the side and I, where I actually got to work directly with these clients who were my clients. And, you know, I just liked to be in those meetings and, and talking about their problems and trying to find a solution for them. And so I kind of knew, you know what? Like, I, I think I was starting to get enough side work that I could sort of take the leap as a freelancer. And that was around like 2012. Also, the agency I was at was in Cincinnati. And um, we were, I, I had been, I had my eye on a, a westward move. And so we uh, really wanted to move out to Colorado where I grew up. And, and at the time that agency couldn't support me being remote. And so that's, that was also a bit of the catalyst to make this career change to go out on my own. So cool. I just feel like once it's, it's like the side hustle became the real hustle. And that's what I think happens with so many people. And you hear people say, oh, you know, just start your side thing, side gig while you have your full-time job. But then that just starts to become what fuels people and their passion. And when you can turn that into the full-time thing, it's pretty incredible. And, yeah. you know, I love what you said too. It's like, you really wanted to have an impact and drive results and based on there being so many layers in between, you kind of no longer had that ability. So it's super cool that you could kind of turn that into designing, you know, mm -hmm. kind of this life doing what you absolutely, you know, love and are more passionate about. It was great. Uh, yeah. It's it definitely rewarding. You know, every, I, and, and I won't, I won't like be the type to play up or over glamorize those initial days is you you know Jane like getting a company off the ground and you know as a soloist too um, you've got like some some serious long days <laughs> uh, and, and and you just kind of I don't know if you if you do if you probably are passionate about it you might not even notice how long they are you just feel like you know what this is this is what I'm doing and uh, I don't know it just kind of works out and eventually if you do just kind of stick to your guns and try to keep uh, doing the next right thing, you know, as, mm. as Anna would say in Frozen 2, um, <laughs> just like, take, you know, one project at a time, uh, just keep doing it, keep your head down, just try to do good work, try to try to make a difference for your, for these clients who are, you know, coming at like some of your new clients, um, come through for them. You might work long hours, but eventually uh, you, hopefully more work's coming in and then you start to see ways that you could actually start to design, as you said, like, how do you design the lifestyle a little bit? Because when you first get started, I think the, the gig sort of drives, drives you, you know, mm, and yeah. you, you take what you can, um, until maybe more opportunities start to open up and you have a little, I don't know, a little more choice in the matter. Yes. I mean, first of all, you've just quoted Frozen 2. And I like how we opened this and you're like, can we be explicit? And you've now been <laughs> quoting Disney. That is awesome. You obviously have two young children. Mm -hmm. um, and completely, when you're beginning a business, it is not glamorous. You are wearing all the hats. You are the bookkeeper, HR, the contracts, proposals. But it is super fulfilling because you're doing it, you know, the, the more you work, hopefully, is a direct reflection to your company's growth and success. Mm -hmm. And somebody sent me a really funny meme when I started my company and they said, you quit your nine to five to work 24 seven. Seriously, yes. <laughs> oh, that is very true. 
Um, but ultimately, like you said, you get to make a difference and hopefully you get to start to pick and choose projects that you work on and do things that you love. For example, the entire reason I started the podcast came out of a place of, you know, struggle for me, but wanting to kind of really take a step back and, and figure out like what makes me happy and listening to podcasts, hearing people tell their story, like your story and the entrepreneurial in general is just super fascinating for me. And if I was working a full-time job for somebody else, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't have carved out the time to be able to do things like this that I love. So um, with that being said, I absolutely love the art of storytelling. It is why I love working with you. It is why I love getting in the brains of these executives and figuring out what they want to present to their team or to external folks. I love, you know, researching motivational speakers to figure out, you know, how they're going to tell their story. So over the years, what have you picked up as some of the most important pieces for people to eloquently tell their own story? That's such a good question. And it's I a love, heavy I, one. <laughs> I love what you said about just getting inside of the brain of, of these executives, these various business leaders. And I'll say maybe my favorite thing about being having found this niche of presentation design is like I'm kind of a business nerd anyway. And so for mm-hmm. me and for, for you, I'm sure we get like this kind of rare privilege to access to the C-suite and to these executives who are and, and as Hamilton, you know, in that, uh, as they say, we get to be like in the room where it happens, which again, like if we were maybe at a bigger company, there's always, again, those layers that are, and there's the, the kind of like chain of command that would maybe prevent us from having had that, that pretty sweet access. And so, um, first of all, that just, I say that to say that like no two people that I've met in these, you know, I guess a decade now, um, do it the same way. Mm-hmm. No two presenters approach the workflow, prepare the same way, deliver the same way. And so, first of all, maybe like getting inside the brain and, and saying like, what have we gleaned is it's okay to just find your natural voice. It's okay. You don't have to try to sound like someone else or, you know, when you're presenting, um, there, there are those, those keynotes that we see where it's like, it's really lofty. It's it's really high level, but then we're left wondering, like, what did that person actually say? You know, they said a lot of jargon buzzwords, right? But like, mm. what the heck did they actually just say? And so I think, I think we don't have to just uh, just try to sound smart or anything like that. But maybe remember that your audience um, would probably really benefit from, yes, some motivation, some theory but also some, some tactical examples, some things that they could go then apply. Um, and so what I've started to see from watching, whether it's a big stage or like a breakout session, it's funny, like, I think people get, sometimes get more out of those breakout sessions, which are like really in the weeds. They're taking the most notes, they're taking the most like snaps, you know, of what's up on the slide. And so for me, I've, I've just like over the years started to wonder, um, what is the right balance of in a in a presentation like theory versus tactical tips and tricks and stuff like that um and then of course just yeah like trying to find your your natural voice and um preparation as you've seen jane too is like hmm. is everything we you can spot the ones who think they're gonna wing it versus the ones who <laughs> truly put in the time to uh and take it seriously right 
Completely. I know. And I think it's that's you've made a couple of good points just about pe- people being authentic and people coming to the table with like so many different perspectives. So they just need to find their natural voice. Um, but then ultimately, it's like, what do you want your audience to leave? Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my clients is really good about it. That Just from the beginning, hammering through the think, feel, do, like just making sure everything centers around something super specific in why we're doing what we're doing because so much time is really invested in it um but you know speaking of you know your company and your evolution over time if the calculations are right and i can do simple math with a calculator um your ghost ranch is celebrating seven years so they say that in marriage that's the seven year itch and not that you're getting the seven year itch in your business (laughs) but from an outsider's perspective looking in you guys are up to really big things. And I know that you recently had an offsite with your team. And I would just love to be a fly on the wall with all of those super creative minds in one room. So were there any really fascinating key takeaways or things that you left inspired by, you know, being around your team for those days? Yeah, it's a great question. We called it story camp. Um, Mm. We, I think in 2021, we almost doubled, like we just had a, a really amazing organic um, you know, demand and, and growth that we were trying to keep up with. Um, and so we, we find ourselves at like 25 people-ish, you know, full-time and um, had, had, had not gotten together in person since we were about eight people or 10 people or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we, we knew we needed to get together to remind ourselves that like these are real human beings that we work with. And those re- retreats the get-togethers that you, you know, organize, you know how powerful it is, but just to, for a, a distributed company like ours, we know that the power of these retreats, um, even if there's just, like, downtime where we just, people are just hanging out and actually getting to know each other is, is immense. And so we went to Chicago, stayed at a, a cool hotel um, that had this really fun, like, uh, patio overlooking the city, we went to a Cubs game, uh, and then we, we also wanted to actually have some, like a little bit of, of um, learning built in. And so we brought in two outside speakers to come in and just the thought was, um, look, we're, we're presentation designers, right? We, we help with the visual story oftentimes because our clients are brilliant. They know what they wanna say. Um, but sometimes we get into these scenarios where they're like, you know, Mikey, uh, what do you think about the story, right? And so as a designer with, um, you know, imposter syndrome, I think it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, like that's out of my league. You know, I don't, I don't think I can tell you what your story should, should be, but it happens. And, and as specialists, you know, we need to be able to actually like to weigh in, you know, if, if a client wants us to. And so we brought in a speaker named Tamsin Webster, who wrote a book called um, Find Your Red Thread, How to Make Your Ideas Irresistible. And Tamsin's brilliant. I mean, she, I think she ran the TEDx in Cambridge for a number of years. Um, she wrote this book on basically how to like extract the, the elements of story, how to weave it together in a really compelling way. And so, yeah, she gave us this half-day workshop just to get us all on the same page. So from our junior designers all the way up to our executive creative director Allie to our account people you know everyone we thought like if we could just invest in our us all getting some common footing on what the heck is story you know and and what are the elements that go into it 
we thought it would be a good investment in in our continued development and just a way that we could become better better um, more whole well-rounded you know presentation experts and, and specialists um, so yeah that was like I guess my takeaway from the whole event was I wasn't sure how the team would respond you know to like mm. all right a workshop you know um, but they just geeked out so hard and and it, you know I'm already a geek about that stuff so I was just relieved to see that it was actually pretty invigorating to them as well and not just me yeah, that's awesome. It's just the value of getting people together that especially have joined remote that haven't even met each other ever. And you have these like one or two year spans now. Um, but what you said in the beginning has just been a common theme that when I talk to people, they say that meeting somebody in person just makes them more human, which is just so important because you can just get stuck behind your computer and you can have like a rough day or you can be frustrated but then reminding yourself that there's a human being on the other side of this and they have something that they might be going through or whatnot. It just allows you to be a little bit more patient and empathetic as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's crazy. And the bond uh, is like immediate. Cause like, it's weird yes. how, how well people know each other on Slack. <laughs> they see each other in the first time for the first time in person and you wouldn't know it. You know, it's like they have so much to talk about already. It's hilarious. Yes, it's so cool. Um, so in-person events, I feel just really, you know, give people a lot of energy and reinvigorate them. Um, so it kind of leads into my my next question just about for you, what is your happy place and what gives you energy? Sweet. I love this question. I love your podcast premise, mm-hmm. you know, in general. It's 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 in, it's so important. Um, I tried to break it down into two, Jane, you know, like a personal one is, um, I've got, as I said, you know, two, two daughters of a four and almost seven. And, um, I'd say like what my wife, Megan and I get a huge kick out of is just like what I would call sharing a laugh with them. And, mm-hmm. uh, what, if we're like reading a book or watching a movie, I'll notice that they respond to how I respond to it. And so if we're if we're watching like a movie and they see me laughing, then they laugh like 10 times harder. And mm. so um, same with like a book, you know, like um, uh, Lindsay on my team gave us these this book called Ivy and Bean. And the, they're hilarious for for kiddos our age. And um, yeah, I mean, we will just die laughing. And when they laugh harder, I laugh harder. And, and yeah, so I think um, we just uh, I just read this book called Humor Seriously. And the authors, uh, Jennifer and Naomi, um, talk about the importance of levity. And basically, like, the insight is um, if you can change your what you're looking for in life, you know, if, if you're looking to be delighted, then you're going to be delighted. And if, if you can look for reasons to laugh or just, you know, uh, enjoy a moment, then you you probably will find it. And it was, that's just, like, my – the happy place at home is just when we can just – we're doing nothing, but we're just – laughing for some reason i know and that's the beauty of being happy and just being grateful you know a lot of it i do think also boils down to a daily practice of gratitude and just realizing like what small moments in your life make you happy and then you just think ultimately regardless of like how much money you have in the world like what does everyone want just to feel peace and happiness and that can happen in the most simple moments um like you said reading with your children um it's so funny because my younger son just like loves to dance. It's kind of hilarious. And my friends are like, oh, that's where he's getting his dance moves from. 
but we'll just put on these songs and we'll listen to them on the way to school. And the latest one he's jamming out to is, so my other son's obsessed with baseball. So it's the Mets closer song and it's by this guy, Timmy <laughs> Trumpet. So I feel like everyone needs to watch. There's like a YouTube video about it, but it's this ridiculous song. And my three-year-old now has just learned how to wait for the beat to drop in a song. No. And it makes me so proud, first of all, and happy that I can watch him and he'll wait. And then the beat drops and he's like jamming oh, out. Yeah. Um, so it's adorable and it's just simple happiness. Um, so I love that you said that. It really resonates with me as well. Um, so I know we're kind of nearing time and in a closing question, I would love to just hear about what you're excited about as you look forward, just with the growth of your company, you know, being 25 people now is a pretty big deal. So what are you excited about as you look to the future? Yeah, this is fun. Um, uh, I think, you know, there's always the, the why we do what we do and I think the why changes is what I'm starting to realize. You know, at at Mm. first I wanted that fulfillment, the creative satisfaction, right, of working with clients, seeing the effects of that work when they present it and they look great. And now my why is changing to watching these younger designers become well-rounded presentation specialists, watching them go on site watching them get the chills and like watching things click for them when they, they see their hard work pay off when an executive goes up, you know, smashes a presentation out of the park, tells them like, I couldn't have done this without you, Brees or Tamara or, you know, Allie. Um, so I think when they come back from those events and they're just like, whoa, like they're, they're like a presentation design lifer after, after <laughs> things like finally click. Right. And for me now, like I just love the thrill of like getting, opening more of those doors, um, maybe to people who wouldn't have considered this career, because I think it's, it's one of the coolest ones out there. And I'm, mm. I'm grateful that I stumbled into it. And I'd like us to keep growing, not for the sake of growth alone or revenue or anything like that, but just because it's like, it's really rewarding. And I think other people could really get a kick out of it too. Yes, I love that. And you guys are such a special team. It's such a niche. It's something that I don't think people even realize is out there necessarily. Um, you provide such value to clients, but ultimately, you know, to the people sitting in the room that get to walk away with these stories or feeling inspired. So I, like I said, meeting you in 2018, have yeah. loved knowing you, knowing your team, working with you all. And can't wait to continue to do so in the future. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast. And it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much, Jane. Yeah, it's totally an honor to be here and appreciate you inviting me. Thank you for joining uh, this episode. It was a truly a pleasure to speak with Mikey about his company Ghost Ranch about the evolution of how he got to where he is today and um, extremely inspired by what he said just about, you know, this side hustle really becoming the full-time job. He's designed, you know, this company and life that he loves and is gets a lot of energy from both in his professional life, but also personally. So thank you again. I look forward to uh, my next guest that will be on for this season and stay tuned, much more to come.